0: You you are listening to The Community Call with host Murray Riley Jr. Hello, folks. This is The Community Call podcast. We are back for one more episode of The Community Call podcast. We hope that you are okay wherever you are across America and across the world as we come back and share with you some information and uh news and uh, everything that's going on right now in the country and i'll tell you what folks uh what's some interesting things that we have going on right now and uh we are here and uh we have so much to say so much to do right now and we want to make sure that everyone understand that we got some work to do ahead of us and it's important that we get this work done we want to start off with our top stories tonight And our top stories goes as follows. Uh, Trump called fallen troops losers. President Donald Trump, who has been criticized in the past for making disparaging remarks about veterans and military families, reportedly um, referred to American service members who died in World War I as losers and suckers in conversations with his staff. The Atlantic's Jeffrey Goldberg reported Thursday Thursday on Trump's comments, which he apparently made in France in 2018. The remarks echo disparaging comments about veterans um, that Trump made in 2015 insulting the late Senator John McCain. Trump o- Trump, owned, Trump moved to deny the reports, but in his defense was swiftly undone by, by his own resurfaced 2015 tweet calling John McCain a loser. In response, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden made a solemn promise to America's war dead in light of Trump's remarks. And yes, yes, we we had that come out. And one thing I will say, it did come out and there was a whole lot of other things that came out along with this um, as we get into these stories tonight with the panel members. Also, Trump again tells Americans to vote twice. Sometimes I think the President just don't want to pay attention to what he's saying. Trump again tells Americans to vote twice. President Donald Trump once again told Americans to vote twice. During a rally in Pennsylvania, his latest efforts to undermine an unexpected surge in mail-in ballots this November. Speaking to a crowd at nearly two and a half, at a two hour rally uh, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, the president criticized efforts to keep voters safe during the election amid ongoing concerns about the coronavirus pandemic, which has infected more than six million people in the United States, which is awful. guess unheard of numbers from a country that is, is so modern like ours. It's unheard of. Also folks, we want to continue with our weekend headlines as we come to you tonight and uh, uh, some very disparaging headlines as well. Um, also, we want to let everyone know that um, the suspect in the Portland shooting reportedly was killed by the police A man suspected of fatally shooting a supporter of the right-wing group in Portland, Oregon, last week was killed by the police officers on Thursday night. According to several media reports, Michael Rayal, 48, was killed by law enforcement in Lacey, Washington, after a federal task force attempted to arrest him. Um, The New York Times and the Associated um, Press uh, reported this. The AP reported that um, Rayal was suspected in the killing of Aaron J. Danielson during a clash between right-wing group um, Patriot Prayer and anti-racism protesters last week. Yes, we've been seeing this um, play out uh, across the media, guys. It's just it wasn't pretty at all. Um, Rep. Ted Lough slams Bill Barr's legal skills in a moment that left many people scratching their heads. Attorney General William Barr didn't seem to too sure about whether voting once by mail or and a second time in person would be illegal. Uh, when asked uh, during a Wednesday interview with CNN's Wolf Blitzer, um, luckily Rep Ted Lau, a uh, Democrat from uh, California, was there to help. On Thursday, Lau tweeted a single sentence amid, amid at making the attorney general more familiar with the laws he's supposed to defend. He wrote, federal law prohibits voting twice in the same election. Also, he listed the article number, folks, 52 U.S.-10307 is the number. Um, Fauci warned seven states to take extra holiday precautions. Infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci is getting the word out to, uh, to Americans, especially those in seven central states, to be extra vigilant over the holiday weekend amid concerns about the spike in coronavirus cases. He warned that uh, carelessness about the coronavirus could trigger a surge, similar to what happened after Memorial Day holiday on and the 4th of July. People should avoid crowds, um, crowded picnics, backyards and beaches. Uh, but the fear is that Americans are tired of taking COVID-19 precautions. Yes, you can see it all over the place. People are growing tired of it. And I can tell you that from my own experience, um, you've seen a lot of people walk around without masks. And that's that's not good. Um, the efforts to try to get people persuaded to wear a mask. It's everything, folks, and that's what uh, we should be focused on right now when it comes to the COVID-19. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with COVID-19 later in the show. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth slammed President Trump on Friday for a report referring to American service members who died in World War I as losers and suckers while in France in 2018. I'm not shocked, but I'm appalled, Duckworth said. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Kentucky Rep. Thomas Mace Thomas Massey, a Republican, defended the 17 year old accused of killing two protesters and injuring a third in Kenosha, Wisconsin last week. Shame on him. Shame on him. What? I don't understand, folks. I really don't. I just don't understand what folks are thinking nowadays. Also, uh, Republican House candidate and a Quran follower, Marjorie Taylor Greene posted a photo of herself holding a rifle. Uh, next to images of Democratic reps, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Eamon Omar, and Rashida Tlaib. I ain't even going to say nothing about this one until later. Folks, these are our top stories for the weekend edition of the Community Call. And i tell you what, folks, uh, we have some other information that we're going to share with you tonight. We also want to bring to you, we have the people, the the voice of the people with us tonight. Michael's here with us. And I tell you what, uh, we got some things that we need to discuss and and you know the hard part to discuss and everything when it comes to uh issues and and Michael me and Michael kind of had a sidebar here this week early and we we want to share this with you. Michael g- glad to have you back on the show, sir.
1: Yes indeed, buddy. How you doing? And hello everybody.
0: Michael glad to have you back on the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank
1: you. you. How you doing?
0: Doing good, my man. How are you, sir?
1: Uh, doing as good as I can. I'm feeling tired right now because I was so mad and furious earlier. And anybody that is so mad and furious at the turn of events, your energy can um, have a tendency to be drained.
0: I know, my man, I know the way the country is right now. Everything is seemingly to be draining to us. And to, uh, you heard the top stories. How you feel about things, Michael? We, we want to talk about the president called service members, losers and, and suckers of World War One. I. I had a granddad who served in World War I. <laughs> um, um, I, too, am a veteran myself. We have veteran members who participate on the show. Victor, as well, who's a veteran member. Um, uh, you have family members who are veterans, Michael. Um, we we pride ourselves of being supportive of of our military veterans here on the show, which I which I love to do when it's that season for for us to show our appreciation to veterans. Um, you came. You had something that you wanted to share with the audience, and you shared it with me earlier. And folks, um, Michael has has. a a point of view that he wants to share with you guys and it's called military redemption. Michael, go ahead and explain to everyone how do you feel about the military right now and what Donald Trump said about the military, sir. Well, the despicable so-called president Donald J. Trump
1: first belittled John McCain during the McCain family's mourning and funeral service for the late GOP senator, who was a military veteran, and also a POW. POW for those who don't know is prisoners of war. Surprised that um, Michael SW knows this stuff. Uh, And had not ever having served in the military. uh, Just as Murray said, I do have family and friends that serve in the military. But moving on, um, the GOP Senator, military veteran POW, where he called the now deceased Kane, quote, a loser for getting captured. We all remember that part. That's number one. Number two is when he stole, he being Trump, stole funds from the military for the cost of his immoral border war. the same border war he swore, and I quote, Mexico will pay for. And now, within this past week, as Murray outlined, he belittles every fallen U.S. military veteran who are no longer with us, who cannot defend themselves by his repeating his disparaging comment, calling them all losers and suckers for getting killed while servicing our great nation. A gross misconduct, which has outraged critics, and for many destroyed that broke the camel's back. This is the same Donald J. Trump mind you, who is on record falsely claiming that taking a knee during the national anthem disrespects our nation, disrespects our flag, and disrespects our military all of which was contradicted by a military veteran who advised former NFL player Colin Kaepernick and others, which became a rising movement. movement is the same Donald J. Trump, who dodged the draft and military service claiming bone spurs. Now, as Murray has said, and as Michael S. W. is going to say, the Skyshot Radio Podcast share in the same outrage at Trump for his unethical and immoral behavior. Such latest foul becoming highly personal for us here at Skyshot Radio Podcasts, and reasons already stated. So, fatten down the hatches, batten, fasten your seatbelts, as we're about to voice our grievances. And our effort to save the military from Mr. 45, thus, this is military redemption. And I will start off by um, going back to what I was pointing out. Trump saying, taking a knee during the anthem disrespect our military, but I just outlined the three areas where the um where Mr. Trump has disrespected the military in a gross gross way. If you remember, Murray, where Jay Z, upon forming a partnership with um, NFL Commissioner, what's his name Roger Goodell? He was asked about the kneeling during the anthem. Jay Z said, I think we're beyond kneeling at this point. Um, I wonder if Jay Z is willing to retract that statement, given what has been going on lately, the nearly during the anthem was, was partially police brutality, but it certainly has gone far more than that, and largely in criticism against Trump. So I find it absolutely reprehensible, that Trump was stooped this low, and then say that he's patriotic, and the other uh, military people, And those that oppose them are unpatriotic. And God bless Joe Biden, who I feel will be the next president of the United States for putting his foot down against Trump against Pence, against Bill Barr, and the beat goes on. And sure enough, Kamala Harris, vice presidential nominee, also putting her foot down towards the same sinisters in this um, situation. In closing, may I make a strong, strong suggestion that you're hearing it from yours truly only. Murray does not know what I'm about to say, but I'm sure he's going to back this up. Are you ready for this, Murray?
0: Yes, I am, Michael. Go for it.
1: May I suggest for every single athlete in the world of professional sports, as they were doing before, you go ahead and take that knee during the national anthem and you make clear you are doing this in solidarity for the support of our military veterans both alive and both that have passed on and stick it to trump and company's faces saying we are genuflecting in respect to our military and our solidarity this is showing respect, which is something you fools could not know or understand, especially since you never having served in the military. Granted, yours truly has never served in the military, but doggone it, it, does, it doesn't take, um, uh, oh, gosh, a, a scientist or a genius to figure out the difference between right and wrong. I, and, may, and may I also clarify for any right wingers that happen to be listening, don't you dare make comparison to, you don't know what it's like to be a police officer. Uh, we know, we, we don't have to um, bite the donut, that is sweet. You know, being a police officer at any job could be difficult, but there's still a matter of right and wrong, all right? There's some police officers that are wrong for what they have done to innocent civilians and especially and on behalf of um, Donald Trump, who I would call the traitor and terrorist in chief. And likewise, you know, I will never be able to fill the shoes of our dedicated military. And they themselves know the difference between right and wrong, for the fact that they now are embracing the um, the context that they reserve the right to refuse to comply with any order given by a president that they deem to be immoral, unlawful, and unconstitutional, thereby signing and sticking with the oaths of service that they have taken and are embracing.
0: Yes, Michael, thanks so much for this because, guys, the, what can you say to this, this, this awesome appeal to to every citizen of this nation and those who are serving in uniform right now as we speak to know that they have a defender like Michael calling out the ills of politicians who make grievous mistakes all the time and don't want to take ownership of what they said. Folks, we have to applaud people like this. We have to have people like yourself, Michael, and others Step up and re- represent the military like this. Yes, we're happy that Joe Biden stepping up and supporting the military. Um, his son both served in the military in Afghanistan. Correct. So you have to think of all the other military members out there who have served overseas in wars. We want to we want to thank Victor, who's currently an active duty member of the Army, who's a part of this podcast. Um, uh, we also want to thank those who support the podcast who are military members. I know I've have several of them here. They may not be live on the show, but they support us um, through our group pages and other things that we do here on the show. Uh, we want to thank those military members. Um, i've have I have family members who've served in the military. Um, so many I can't name here on the show. Um, there's there's a uniqueness to being a a member of the military, um, to have a brother lay down his life for another brother is the greatest gift that anybody can give to to this world. And I think it's important that we, we applaud people like Michael who will stand up for everyone who served in the military, family members and non-family, uh, non-family members who are serving in the, in the nation's military. Can I make, we, can I make we, a note, um, we I, I just want... I just want to make sure that everybody understands that it's important that we continue our support of the military, no matter who is the commander in chief. At this moment, we want to make sure that we we are supporting Joe Biden, who is who will be a future commander in chief and his support for the military will be on full display. I guarantee it. Go ahead, Michael, which comment?
1: Yes, and I forgot to note that since you mentioned and gave shout-outs to people on your side that um, that are in the military, that have served in the military, and our thoughts and prayers go out to our good friend Victor, who is an active member, as you have stated. I also must give shout-out um, and reminisce and memory of one of my late uncles who did serve in the military. I think he also served he served in the army. My father, who is still alive, thank God. Um, he served in the army. And I have a cousin in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, who I'm looking forward to seeing in a couple of weeks. Uh, he served in the Coast Guards. So everyone can see there are various um, branches of the military, I just named a few You also have the Navy. You also have the Marines. You also have um, the Air Force. I hope I got that correct. And Am I forgetting anything?
0: You're not, Michael. You got them.
1: Okay. Kudos to all those that have served, who are serving, and those who are serving, please, please, please stay safe. Our hearts, our thoughts, and our prayers are with you all.
0: God bless. God bless. Thanks so much. Hey, folks, this is the community call. We on with Michael and he just finished up his 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 military redemption segment. We want to thank him for that. Also, we want to continue to urge everyone to support the military, no matter who is the commander in chief. Also, we want to go back to our to our headline stories. Michael, we had quite a few. We we've covered we covered the military already. Let's talk about the president telling folks to go out and vote twice. <sighs> stuff that makes you cram. Stuff makes you cram when, when you say it, people. Now, the president came out and said this stuff in, uh, North, in Pennsylvania. He also said the same thing in North Carolina. at had a rally, too. Folks, w- Let's understand something. If you vote twice, you're going to break the law. Okay, you're breaking the law. It's a felony. Okay, And no matter what of these 50 states and the outlining American country, uh, American states, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble if you vote twice. And to have a sitting president urge voters to vote twice is despicable. I don't care what anybody says. I don't think I, I don't think anybody would disagree with me. And the fact that I'm saying it's despicable. If you're gonna cheat, go on and cheat. But you putting it out here, you putting it out here for the whole world to see that you are willing to cheat to win at any cost. Michael, what's your thoughts?
1: Well, we need to make a slight correction, uh, Murray, and that is he isn't telling people to go out and vote twice in general, he's well, telling his
0: people. No, he spoke. He spoke clearly to folks in North Carolina and Pennsylvania. Well, Michael, come on. All this stuff gets broadcast, folks. Okay, so everybody, everybody heard it. We can't just single out the Trump supporters. The president said that in general to a lot of other people who may be on defense. And some of those folks who are on defense would consider doing it twice. Who may who may consider Donald Trump an option? And and I just think that's just you know we have to uh, we have to understand he just said this in general I think he wasn't I knew he was speaking to his to his to his base but he was also speaking to other because, folks
1: because I heard him make the same the same statement before and he was pretty much at his um rally of supporters so that's why I put two and two together like that but what's so ironic Murray is that this the same guy who said that, you know, people are going to vote twice and it's going to be rigged and Democrats are going to cheat, they're going to try to steal the election. And there's no evidence of anybody on our side that ever do that, because we know what the doggone law is. We know the consequences and they nobody is going to be foolish enough to pull that kind of stunt. And I'm not sure, But I have high speculation and belief that anybody that pulls a voting fraud uh, like that, you not only going to prison, but then there goes your voting rights right there. And you'll be lucky if you don't while I'm serving um, a severe prison sentence where you can still get out while still alive, and then maybe restore your voting rights. No telling... Uh, what kind of laws can come to place after spending uh, 20 or 25 years in prison, per se? That's why well, it's never, never worth it to pull to commit something like that, no matter who tells you to, Donald Trump or not.
0: Well, this is the thing, Michael, that I, I wanted to, to kind of uh, emphasize to folks. Um, it's important that everybody understand that you need to do a random check of your voter registration. I did my. I did a random check of myself um, the last night. Yes, I did it, um, and I'm recommending everyone else do it here too. And so I proceeded to go through the process of finding out whether or not I was still a registered voter. Well, come to find out, I'm in. I'm good to go. Okay. So the best thing for everyone to do is make sure. That your credentials are intact. You know we've been sharing with everyone, Michael, here recently about voter purge, and I mm-hmm. wish I had, and I wish I had Stacey Abrams on the show with us tonight, where she could tell us about how these voting rules are being purged across the country like this. She's in Georgia, where the where the the surge of 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 getting rid of voters took place right before the gov- right before the election for governor of Georgia where she lost to Brian Kemp, who then was Secretary of State of Georgia, who purged a lot of people off rolls. So, uh, short story to this is, here you are, Brian Kemp is now the governor of Georgia, and Stacey, Stacey Abrams was the loser. Now, she did start a organization to help people with voting. No, she and, was robbed. Uh, yeah, she was robbed, Michael. She started an organization to help everyone with with retaining their voting rights and make sure people are not purged off the list who are eligible to vote. And she's doing that get out the vote campaign as well to help people out uh, when it comes to voting. One thing I will say, being a former military member, is that we fought and died and bled for everyone to have that right to cast a ballot at election time, whether it's a local race, national race presidential election. We fought, died, and bled for everyone to have that opportunity to cast a ballot. And I think it's important that you check your credentials out and make sure you're in place because a lot of shenanigans are going to take place between now and November the 3rd, folks. Be ready because Donald Trump is going to do everything he can to not let this be a normal election. It's already not a normal election anyway because we have a pandemic right now, and uh, in my opinion, this pandemic has really taken the covers off of this nation and exposed a lot of things, Michael. And we're seeing it as it is being played out right before our eyes. What are your thoughts on things? Are uh, you? Do you have your credentials together, my friend, to vote?
1: I know I do, and you want to know why? <laughs> Because I took part in the um, New York primaries and I voted with no problem. All right? So I cannot imagine any sort of changes going on because I've been an active voter for many years. And the fact being that I just voted um, a couple of months ago at the primaries. So it's going to be very suspect. If I'm suddenly knocked off the roads, and I don't think that will happen because I am part of a community in which our voting district is inside is placed inside the community room. So everybody within the same co op uh, co op building complex, there are registered voters, there ain't going to be no shenanigans going on. And God help the person or people that decide to invade in our area and try to block us from voting because this will be serious hell to pay. I can guarantee you that. And when you have a democratic governor that takes no nonsense from these right-wing Trumpers, uh, uh, New York attorney general that also takes no nonsense. We already have multiple investigations going on, uh, not just against Trump, but also when it comes to the police abuse that's been going on, as well as these um, Trump supporters that are just coming into New York City and other sections in New York that are committing violence and committing all sorts of um, very much high crimes going towards um, close to the federal level. But then to be prosecuted by a state attorney general, more that is over... uh, the, um, let's say the county DA, that's some serious stuff and you're looking at serious hard time incarceration behind it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty serious and I can tell you one thing, folks Folks need to be aware, keenly aware of the rules. And that's why it's very important that you go to your state board of elections and find out if things are in, in correct order with you prior to this election, folks. We have to make sure we are good, because, like I said, the shenanigans are going to continue on all the way until November the 3rd. We have to be keenly aware of what's going what's to be happening with us. Michael, let's talk a little bit about this uh, suspect that was shot in Portland. Portland? Go I ahead and add another part? Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Make Make, make no mistake that Trump is falling big time in the polls. And that's why it is important to keep um, informed of the polls for where the people are um, thinking, and always with the um, notation as presented by the poll watchers and news reports, if the election was held today, what the results would be. And it's pretty much been consistent with Democrats going more outrageous, Against Trump, um, independents as well, including mm-hmm. those that once supported him, and now you're having more and more Republicans flocking to the other side and endorsing Biden because they're now saying they cannot they cannot any longer um, throw their support behind Trump. That the guy is an absolute disaster to this nation, and now. You see Republicans suffering as much as Democrats are. So what in the world is Trump trying to do? Anybody that doesn't vote or anybody that does not support him, he's going to keep them from voting and only wants his base, his white supremacy base to just vote um, on Election Day. Anybody that votes in favor of him or supports him, you get to vote. Anyone else, um, step off and you ain't voting. And I say it's present for as long as I want, so to speak. You know, this yep. is so highly dangerous. And the guy is just defiant of the principles of this nation. Our, pardon, our founding fathers that every honorable president has passed on before us must be rolling over in their graves right now as to how the office of the presidency has been totally desecrated by the likes of Donald J. Trump.
0: You know something, Michael, I'm just gonna say this, and I'm glad I'm glad you brought that point up. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that people look to when it comes to a president, and we we have we have gone so far away from what a president's supposed to be. Um, Donald Trump does not give give a, a rat's tail about being uh, a leader that is a leader for everyone. He's just a leader for a sector of people. And that is how things have been ever since he got elected to office. Um, One thing I want to say, and and I was just sharing this um, earlier with my wife, and we were just kind of talking about the fact that there's a culture of hate in this nation right now, and it's driven by Donald Trump. This culture of hate has all of a sudden had the covers pull back, and now everyone is beginning to see it. Now, mind you, my wife politely corrected me and said, not everyone is like this, Murray. Not everyone is like this. But I, I wanted to let her know that we do have these moments where it seems people are so angry with brown and black and yellow and purple people that they were willing to do Anything necessary to make life very, very uncomfortable, and I think it's 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 a significant thing that is happening now because of the inflammatory rhetoric that Donald Trump continues, continuously uses all the time. Michael, it's it's off and on, it's off and on, it's off, it's on, it's off and on every day. Donald Trump says something inflammatory. He's talking about a dead senator. Senator, the Honorable Senator John McCain, and a man who served this nation. Yes, a POW who had given his life to this nation, not only as a POW, but as a senator to the state of Arizona, where he hailed from. Why am I speaking in such eloquence of a Republican senator? That's because John McCain made a statement one day that struck me. He said, a person came up to him and said, Barack Obama a terrorist and, and, he's a, and he's a Muslim. And, and then he, uh, the, John McCain said, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, Barack Obama is not that. Barack Obama's the kindest man I ever met. And he's none of those things that you were saying. And at that point, It changed my heart and my mind about how I saw John McCain that day. And it's very important for people to understand that we have to have a measure of understanding when it comes to people who are confused, who are so angry that they can't see the bigger picture. Because of inflammatory rhetoric that's coming from a leader who doesn't value the lives of black, brown, yellow, and purple people. That's what's significant about this. Michael, what are your thoughts on it?
1: It's either that uh, people are so angry and hateful. I think I'm using that word very strongly, hateful. And that is that people just don't have to be angry. It's more like they just don't give a doggone about anybody else but themselves, that they know doggone well that the stuff they're doing to people of color, they will not tolerate it being done to them, especially by those whom they supposedly hate. So it goes right back to do unto others as you will have them do unto you. It also goes back to we all bound by the same laws, the same ethics, the same rules and policies and procedures wherever you may go. I say that because there was an incident here in New York City, ladies and gentlemen, that went down just a matter of hours ago, and it had to do on one of the ferries in, here in New York City. New York City Ferry has um, as much as five or six different um, routes, and then one of those routes in, in the dock... As in Brooklyn, Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn, there was a couple who got on board and was told to put the mask on. Those rules state, and since we're in COVID 19 and you're out in public and you certainly are not in a social distance, given it's multiple people, multiple passengers on board, you got to mask up. And that goes just about anywhere and everywhere you go particularly in New York City. That's why we have been successful in getting the numbers down in terms of infection rates and keeping them down until this pandemic finally goes the heck away. So this couple, first they're gonna um, give excuses like they um, they have a health problem and they couldn't state what the health problem is. But instead of going there, they became defiant and say, we have a constitutional right to not put the mask on, not get the boat going. And, and the captain said, Look, you're either going to mask up, or you have to disembark from the boat. And they refused to do either. And so moments later, minutes later, while this couple was holding the boat service up and making it late for the other stops and the rest of the trip and delaying the passengers. NYPD officers came on board after receiving the complaint. And the couple was pointed out, and they weren't wearing a mask. They refused to mask up. The officers arrested this couple, right on the spot, and then escorted them off the boat. They were charged with disorderly conduct, and they may also receive um, additional charges of jeopardizing or endangering um, the safety of passengers because they would not comply with the C- CDC rules and the rules and laws set by the city and by the state for everybody's safety. Now, when I found out, especially after hearing what their rhetoric was, I said to myself, sounds like Trump supporters. And then when I found out where this occurred, Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn, ladies and gentlemen, that is, if I'm not mistaken, and someone had someone in my area had informed me. Yep, I was correct. Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn is largely conservative. And there's a good number of people there that are Trump supporters. So it goes back to what you were saying, Murray, about people who are just so blindly in support of Trump, who treat him like a false God elevating him as such. And whatever he says, they just do whatever, you know, he, whatever he says just follow him, with no questions asked, no stopping and considering consequences otherwise. And I think I told you before, Murray, how serious this is that given Trump's lying twenty four seven, especially I never forget the statement that one radio host, Dean Obadala, said that Trump's a liar. I mean he lies every day and probably twice on Sundays, which I thought was kind of a comical um a comical um, statement that he made, but it still makes a valid uh, point. And the fact that Trump lying just about anything and everything, and these people just following him, and taking verbatim, and always wanting to give him a free pass for every single thing that he falsely says that he wrongly does, no matter how much it hurts others, no matter how much it kills people. It is so beyond the pale that Trump could just very well say that the enemy of the people, we have a terrorist in the United States in the name of Fred Flintstone, Woody Woodpecker, um, Yosemite Sam, Tweety Bird, um, Bugs Bunny, and you got people in his base that want to start a manhunt on fictional cartoon characters. What does that say about where we're going in this nation? What does that say about the people who want to claim to have a gun and claim it's their Second Amendment rights, and yet they can't separate fact from fiction? They cannot separate reality from delusional. This is serious stuff here.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so many in in, in such eloquence, uh, how you're putting this, one thing I will say is that we continue seeing and hearing uh, how how people are taken to weapons now. The law enforcement shot this shot this suspect in Portland, Oregon, um, because he killed someone in another militia group um, uh, in in Lacey, Washington. Um, uh, he was uh, he was killed by law enforcement. Uh, he was forty eight years old, Michael Rinaldo who was killed by law enforcement in Lacey, Washington, after federal task force attempted to arrest him. Um, The AP reported that Raynaud was a suspect in a killing of Aaron J. Danielson uh, during a clash between the right-wing group Patriots Prayer and and anti-racism protesters last week. Um, This story came out, folks, and we still haven't gotten all the details from Portland, Oregon, what's going on here. I would urge everyone to monitor this situation, Michael, especially with the things that you're saying and how uh, how this incitement of rhetoric has continued on and now it's manifesting into violence and which is occurring with, with the militia groups that Donald Trump is urging to continue to go to black BLM um, protests across the country and show themselves now. And these individuals are showing up with, with weapons. Also, let's talk about our side, too. We have some individuals on our side who are who are militia group members. Uh, they're African Americans. They are all militia groups. And uh, you had a standoff situation take place and in one of these one of these heated exchanges, but there was only words being exchanged. But there was weapons drawn on either side here. Um, this happened in at the Kentucky Derby. From from some of the news reports that I were was privy to, uh, they were also uh, going at each other, but no no violence occurred between the two groups. But we did have what we call we did have a Mexican standoff go on with these folks uh, between these two militias in uh, at the Kentucky Derby in Louisville, Kentucky. We also want to continue with the show, everyone, and we want to thank you for listening tonight. Um, Ted Lau slams Bill Barr for his legal skills. Yes, the attorney general got called out, folks. <laughs> and uh, well, uh, Ted Lau told him, if you, if, you are, if you don't know the law, let me just give you the law. And it says federal law prohibits voting twice in the same election. And so uh, he even listed the article number, folks. And Michael, what are your thoughts about Ted, uh, Rep. Ted Lau calling out Bill Barr and his and his, and his his ability to prosecute the law here when it comes to voting?
1: I say right on to him, but the one mistake that he made in confronting Bill Barr, yes, granted, you told Bill Barr and educated him and educated the other Trumpers that may be the— delusional and knowing this or being totally misled by the likes of Trump that is totally unlawful against the law to be voting twice in one election that is voter fraud and mind you not one case of that ever occurring from anybody on the democratic side that the small minute of incidents of such, have only came from the Republican side, and one notably was one Ann Coulter. And when she was served a subpoena, she stayed in front of media reporters and tore that subpoena up. I don't know what's become since, but yeah, these Republicans, and as we see, is Trump, totally defiant of that law. But the one mistake that our uh, Congress member. Um, made was that he forgot to tell Mr. Barr that if you do not know this law, and this is what I was told, Barr, then perhaps you shouldn't be Attorney General, and you have no business holding such a title that even my 15 year old niece or nephew, per se, or son or daughter, will know this better than you.
0: Oh, so wow. you really
1: put so put the guy on the spot for that matter. You educate him the law, but then you also chastise him saying that you've proven to be unfit to hold the office. And yes, I, you, what you say before, boom, drop, mic. Yeah, oh,
0: Mike drop, it drop it. The mic. yeah, you're dropping the mic with that. Well, one thing I will say in, in, in this effort to try to, to not answer a, a specific question when it comes to voting twice, it just lends itself to just trouble. It's trouble when you hear stuff like this, folks. Um, the attorney general should sort of immediately came back and said, I yes, sir, we, we can't vote twice. It's 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 federal law that you can't it's you prohibit it from voting twice. And the attorney general sort of came right out and said it without any issue. Folks, we also want to continue on with the show. We want to talk a little bit about Dr. Fauci, who warned that seven states could potentially uh, increased the, the amount of the coronavirus infection um, in, in, in seven states. And i tell you what, we are in the middle of the Labor Day holiday weekend, and there's a lot of people out enjoying themselves. I hope everyone is masked up, social distancing, washing their hands, and doing everything they need to do in order to, to watch out for this pandemic, Michael. I know you're up there in New York. Where folks are, uh, we were talking about is anybody barbecuing? And you said, "Well, the weather's not here yet, but uh, I'm pretty sure on Labor Day weekend, folks will start barbecues." Up. Well, how do you feel about the situation?
1: I'm glad you mentioned that, Murray, because guess what? I got a, a bit of sniff, sniff of barbecues. I must have had about four or five aromas as I was going about, and ah, uh, I just love the aroma. It's like you could taste it in your mind, the delicious hot dogs and hamburgers that are on that grill. I mean, that's pretty much what I was smelling. But then I also took into account, hoping that people are practicing social distancing and keeping that mask on until they're, they're ready to eat or whatever. You know, if people just follow these simple steps, we're trying to overcome a pandemic. You're having a barbecue or a picnic. Go ahead and enjoy that. All right? But you want to remain alive so you can enjoy ten or twenty more barbecues and picnics. Exactly. What is wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen? Do not be sidestepped or sideswine by the likes of Trump and these right wingers who want to defy such principles and does make it difficult for people like you folks. You know the, the the legitimate ones. That's why here in New York City we are so far behind and getting back to normal that we do not have any indoor dining yet. Outside of wow. New York City and New Jersey wow. and Westchester County, they have resumed with some indoor dining while maintaining outdoor dining. New York City five boroughs is outdoor dining or takeout.
0: Wow, and folks. People, <laughs> Yeah, that's big,
1: yeah, Michael. It is, because there have been so many people who were just defiant of the simple rules and guidelines in going through this pandemic. And I'm going to say this, ladies and gentlemen, that those who want to defy this or are so mad or so sick and tired were going out masking up and practicing social distancing, yeah, it gets tiring, as Murray said and at times i've gone out of my house and i say to myself i feel like i'm forgetting something and i just realized i forgot my mask so i went back into my apartment grabbed the mask before i step back on outside because i know this is important stuff And until said otherwise i want to stay alive i'm 53 years old i like to see my 54th birthday and 55th and so forth and so on my wife and i get ready to celebrate our 20th anniversary wedding anniversary in just a matter of weeks, a couple of weeks. Love to um, celebrate that while we're away on vacation, of course. And then love to see uh, many more years of happiness with her. But I've got to stay alive. I'm like the B Gees, staying alive.
0: Yeah, we got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. And it's important that everybody continue to follow the COVID protocol across the country and across the world. Uh, we don't have numbers tonight, Michael, but uh, um, we are we are encouraging everyone to continue to follow the COVID protocols as Dr. Follow, Fauci's follow call. The COVID,
1: follow the COVID pro, protocol, yes, but if you're so upset, if you're so mad, ladies and gentlemen, you can blame only one person for this. And that is Trump. And the reason yeah. being, and we've covered this before, we had a pandemic commission set forth by former President Barack Obama. And that's how he was so successful in handling the Ebola pandemic, no doubt. And we yes. only had only a hundred casualties because it did hit the nation like uh, a hard fastball, using a baseball pitching analogy. But nonetheless got the thing contained, we didn't have to do much social distancing, and pretty much everyone was able to re- to resume or continue their normal lives as, you know, about everyday living, if I can put it to that. There were really no restrictions, very mi- very minimal um, restrictions, yep. but not like what you have now, and which Trump just wanted to to disfarce anything and everything set forth by his predecessor, because of his obvious racial hatred of a black person. And pretty much want to keep saying, Oh, it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a democratic hoax. I will not call 200,000 casualties a hoax, Mr. President, Mr. Trump, mm-hmm. which you are largely responsible for. And let's not forget the thousands of additional casualties resulting from the violence, the racial hatred, violence and terrorism spewed by your rhetoric is set forth by you, Mr. Yep. Traitor and Terrorist and Chief.
0: Well, folks, as you hear it there, you hear it there, you hear it with the eloquence coming from Michael again tonight. Also, we want to emphasize that we did have um, a, a, a representative in Congress. His name is Thomas Massey. A Republican who who uh, defended the 17-year-old of of of, of uh, who was accused of killing two protesters and injuring a third in Kenosha, Wisconsin, last week. And yes, people are actually supporting the young man who killed those two individuals in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Even the president came out in defense of this young man uh, as well. Also, we want to, we want to continue on with the show. We want to. Uh, beginning to wrap up the show with, with the numbers, Michael, and the numbers have come out and uh, I want to um, emphasize to everyone that we continue our um, watch of the numbers here on the show. Uh, We also want to let everyone, we pull our numbers from Ballotpedia. Um, You can find Ballotpedia. uh, You can go to Ballotpedia.com. Also we pull our numbers from the Pew Research Center which is a great resource if you need to find out information. And tonight's facts are, from our research, 76% of the share of Republicans who say the, the phrase, everyone has equal opportunity to succeed, describes the U.S. well. Only 28% of Democrats agree with this, Michael. Now, oh, that's a great number. It is a great number of people who really, really disagree. Um, twenty-eight percent of people are saying this. This number is very low for obvious reasons. How do you feel about these numbers? Seventy-six percent of Republicans say they uh, everyone has an equal opportunity to to succeed. Hmm. What's your thoughts on that? Is that is that that because of the Trump era or the Trump presidency? What do you think?
1: Well, I don't know how to approach this. Let's put it this way: everybody does have an equal opportunity to, to succeed. The problem is that there are those who want to put the roadblocks to reach that um, goal of success. And, you know, just as you said, the Trump administration, the Trump people, those that lie through their stinking teeth, and be little, let alone sucker, the honest person that wants to do the right thing, wants to earn their credentials, who work for them, who don't take any shortcuts, as Trump does. Yeah, but the thing is, that we are at a stage, we are at a moment, and a precedent set by this administration, we're always We've been raised, ladies and gentlemen, and I know a lot of you um, relate to this, that we reward and give kudos and praise to those that do good and hold accountable those who do wrong. But the twisted world of Donald J. Trump and company has completely reversed that, that those that do good are penalized and are how should i say harassed they are targeted for evil what i'm i'm losing my train of thought i'm trying to choose the right kind of words um evil retaliation that's the phrase i wanted to look for the good people are hit with targets on their back for evil retaliation, and those that side with Trump and side with evil are awarded a whole bunch of money and all these various um, positions that are totally undeserving, let alone the person holding such positions have no doggone credentials to it. I mean, look at his cabinet, for heaven's sake. The uh, Secretary of Education, Betsy DuVos, who was said, by the way, is the one that's largely responsible for these so-called federal police who are not um, police. These are supposedly Trump secret police. These are mercenaries and um, Trump um, vigilantes that dress in combat gear with the uh, police word patch on their chest to make like they are uh, federal police which they are not I just want to throw that out there and I think um, I want to identify her name and last initial Sandy L who um, informed me of this I, I hope to find more info on this but remember I said that it's something very wrong when there's no identity of these guys whatsoever and given the, the history in this nation of criminals and terrorists and personally um, law enforcement to fulfill their criminal
0: agenda. Yes. Very significant in in the way things are right now. And and, and let's look at it from this point of view, also from the Pew Research Center. It says, in views of the U.S. democracy, widening partisan divides over freedom to peacefully protest. And it says Americans continue to give their country negative ratings for living up to the several key democratic ideals and principles. Notably, the share of Americans who say the phrase people are free to peacefully protest describes the country very or somewhat well has fallen from 73 percent to 60 percent, which the decline is coming almost entirely among Democrats. Also a majority now say significant changes are needed in the fundamental design and structure of American government democrats have grown more likely to say since 2018 and republicans say less since 2018 what a, what 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 some numbers to think about here michael we went from 73% to 60% People view the country a lot more differently now. How do you feel about this? Democrats are at 60%. Republicans are at 73%. That was the number before. Now it's, it's starting to fall off amongst us. And I think this is attributed to where we are in the nation right now. We are one year removed from 2018, uh, two years removed from 2018 when we were, uh, we were a, a different nation then. How do you feel about it now?
1: I think we have something that is still on the rise, and that is the blue wave. And part of the elements in this blue wave, which some think it could be a blue tsunami to try to get this nation back on track, that it's a reality call, a reality check, a wake-up call to what we are enduring here, that um, the fact that 2018 saw a huge turnaround and the Congressional House of Representatives, that Democrats got the majority, not just by a few seats, but a whopping number of seats because of what the Republicans and Trump have done to this nation that has been so egregious, so detrimental, so far beyond the pale, that, yeah, people grew very upset. And when you have members of your own party, getting so ticked off, and how you are hurting them, just to enable your inner circle. That says a lot. That says a lot that they're crossing over to the other party line, saying that, oh, we got to get the other guy in, and this current goofball out. Because this is my nation. I'm a part of this nation. This is my home. And I'll be doggone if I'm going to let some traitor going to try to change the foundations of this nation that I grew up on, of the laws and constitution of the United States. And that means something, that this guy's going to try to throw those principles into a doggone shredder in um, solidarity to his friend who happens to be a, na- a national foreign adversary. uh uh-uh. yeah. You got the millions and millions of people that are saying no. They said no in 2018 and made those elections, the congressional elections, a referendum against Trump. In 2019, you had elections in the gubernatorial and other um, statewide legislative races that again made it a referendum against Trump. And when I say referendum against Trump, I'm also saying a referendum on each and every GOP that kept enabling him and handing him the two words that you cannot stand, Murray, a free pass. So if it happened in 2018, if it happened in 2019, and we've seen the polls going on and the election outlook for 2020, you can expect a new a um, blue wave, maybe a blue tsunami coming about to really turn this nation around. I can feel it, Murray. I can feel it when you got Democrats, independents, and increasingly, I stress that word, increasingly, number of Republicans giving two words, that's it, that's all folks, time for a change, and a yeah. change for the better.
0: Yeah, you we're starting to see those numbers, and I tell you what, what's what's happening is you having the the red wave move over to the blue wave, ain't that something to say to tonight? <laughs> you have the Republicans who are finally opening their eyes and opening their ears to finding that this president is not what they thought. Um, they are poised to lose some areas. Um, the races are tightening up, especially here in South Carolina. Jamie Harrison. Lindsey Graham. Uh, I think the numbers are very close here where Lindsey's hanging on by her thread, but I'm hoping that Jamie can pull this thing off down here, Michael. Also, since we want I to talk so. about, since we're talking about numbers, folks, yes, we talk about the numbers here on the show all the time. If you hadn't had an opportunity to tune in and listen, we do share numbers here on the show. We want to talk about some election results that came in from Massachusetts. Um, uh, a Senate a Senate primary took place, and Ed McCarthy, um, defeated Joe Kennedy III. As of 9:30 a.m. Eastern time on September the second, McCarthy had 55 percent of the vote to Kennedy's 45 percent of the vote. McCarthy is the, who is first, uh, who was first elected in 2013, had endorsements from Senate from Senate Senator Elizabeth Warren. Uh, and Rep. Uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez Kennedy, who has served in the U.S. House since 2013, had endorsements from the Speaker of the House, um, Nancy Pelosi, and Rep. John Lewis. Um, uh, election forecaster say McCarthy is a solid bet to win re-election in November as well, and that's because he had some progressive elements over there, Michael. Um, You have a couple of progressive elements who supported him. Elizabeth Warren, uh, Rep. Alexander Ocasio-Cortez as well. And so this is a this is a hybrid candidate, I would call it. I'm calling him a hybrid candidate because he did bring in he did bring in progressive support. And so that says a lot about him. Also, folks, and we're going to talk about a little bit of history here, which I shared with the guys on Wednesday evening. Uh, in relationship to this uh, 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 announcement um, by Ballotpedia, um, which was I told the guys um, Joe, Joe Kennedy will be the first Kennedy not to be in Congress in, in, since, in 26 years. So that's a long time to be away from Congress. Um, uh, the, this is the first time that we've ever had a Kennedy not to be in a congressional position. And, and so it says a lot about where are we going here and what direction we are moving into. Um, I want to get back to um, a, a comment that was made in the thread by Ishawn. Yes, we talking about Ishawn, Michael, as well. Uh, uh, one thing that I want everyone to know is is that there, are, there is a movement of young people who feel like the dynasties and destinies are no longer are, are, are part of the American fabric. Uh, Michael, you said there won't be a Trump dynasty because the American public won't have that. Uh, I said that to you. It won't be a Trump dynasty because the American public won't have that because plus the people are go- growing tired of Trump. Um, uh, but the extreme side will, would want something like that. And that was in reference to um, some commentary that was made earlier in the thread, guys. And I want I want you guys. I'm trying to get to it here.
1: You know what? That's
0: on the matter. Well, I'm here now, so just hold that thought because I did share this with you guys on Wednesday. And it said there won't be a Kennedy in Congress for the next year. Uh, And this will be a moment made in American history where a Kennedy won't be in Congress for 26 years, folks. And then one of our our panel members, Eshan, said there is a reason for it. Just like European royalty, the heirs are a far cry from those who made the name. Kennedy had no policy, no platform, nothing but a name um, for the for the populace. In better times that would have been enough. But not in 2020. People will people who will be on the streets need more than a name. They need a plan and a clear direction. Michael, we still got some work to do. You hearing that? And I said to Ishan, agreed, and yes, we have to move on. Since the days of Camelot, but the Kennedy family has been a staple in American politics for a long time, and, and that's the case. You said, absolutely, Murray. I was shocked at the results, and I had spoken about this uh, just the other day. But I'll admit, I didn't pay him much attention on on this one. I guess uh, I guess he called that one. Kudos to Ishan. I hope Kennedy pushes along with Biden. And ends up in a cabinet i think so too michael um charlene jumped in here and she said i i'd like to see castro in his cabinet also at least one of the twins (laughs) i think charlene was making a joke when she said that um um so we've folks yes we do some exchanging in the in the thread here uh, and on the show here we do we do share in the thread and um, um, one thing I, I was kind of commenting back to Charlene, I said, me too, but there's a shift taking place with the party and, and it's our progressive family moving us to the, to the far left, as Donald Trump is saying in his, some of those commercials that we're hearing. And then Charlene came back to me and said, we need to bring it back a little bit because it will cost us if we're going to ditch. Yeah, too much of anything is not a good thing. I, I agree 100%. And uh, Michael said, I, I heard about this, and uh, uh, and you also said, Michael, um, in the thread, and folks, yes, we do we do talk in the thread a great deal, and you said, I heard that. I heard, though, that Trump may have been a factor behind this directly or indirectly. The thing is he spoke of looking to ensure Ivanka becoming the first female president ever to have the Trump dynasty rule in the White House and throughout D.C., So as far as Kennedy goes, there are people there are those people, those voters who want to break away from this dynasty chain, Kennedy's, Bush's, Clinton's. And the idea of Trump's is a certain to give an eerie feeling to many. What do you think? Well, Michael, what do you think when you made this when you made that comment?
1: Well, I was asking for everyone else's opinion, because um I cite a certain individual who I had the pleasure of meeting. Um, this person was a former recording artist and was a panelist on one of the local um, Sunday Talk radio shows when they have their own weekend review. And I'm a frequent caller to them. Um, but at the time of Hillary Clinton running, he kept saying, Look, I don't care what you people say, you know, so many words. I can't remember exactly why it said in the thread. But the guy has said, I'm tired of Clinton. I'm just tired of them. You know, I'm not a fan of Trump, and I'm not voting for him. In fact, I don't think I'll be voting at all this year because I don't want anyone telling me, I'm quoting him now, I don't want anyone telling me you got to vote and vote for Clinton keep Trump from getting in. And as I told everybody, I'm just tired of the Clintons. I don't believe in them. I find something them. I'm just tired of them. And I'm not supporting her. I'm not supporting anybody. And some people felt that he um, was partially responsible for Trump um, getting into 2016. I mean, yes, we always hit home. With the Russians interfering, we're never, never, ever gonna sweep that under the rug. But then it's we add lot. in other, we add in other factors like what I'm describing right now. You know, it says a lot, and it and it shows an important lesson. Mistakes were made in 2016. We cannot, definitely cannot. Afford to have those mistakes repeated in 2020, knowing what's um, at stake here. And the gentleman that I speak of, um, his name is James M. M. Toomey. In case that name rings a bell to anybody or those who are into the um, old school, early 80s R&B, James M. Toomey is the founder of the group named after him, M. Toomey best known for their hit song Juicy Fruit. And he did the um the vocal background to um Tawana's lead singing, Tawana um Adji, I think her last name was. Uh, she was the female lead vocalist in that particular song. So that's James and Tume recording on his then turning political commentator throughout um, the 90s into the 2000s on the local urban um, talk radio station here in New York City.
0: Well, you have a whole lot of those entertainers who've, who've, who've given some ill-informed information to, to their listening audiences. I think that that was just some ill-informed information, not to not to cast a ballot at all. Folks, understand something: if if you don't vote, you elect Republicans. Not voting elects Republican folks. Okay, I'm saying yep. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna continue to keep saying it. Vote if you don't vote, you are electing Republicans. Please get out to vote. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, people have issues with dynasties and long-term families being a part of the political process. But in every nation, someone has to rise up in the forefront and become the catalyst for for our nation's government. And these families are are those are the ones who rose to the occasion, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Kennedys. So these families will always be in the forefront of our political in, in front of our political growth yep. and, and changing the country. One more and then we're going to end I'm the show. Glad, but, I'm glad I'm glad you right. mentioned that, Murray. I want to get this one out, Michael, before we go. Sure. And uh, one thing I want to say to everyone as well. Is we also had it, it in Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, we stand in Massachusetts, folks. Um, the first congressional district primary encumbered Richard Neal defeated Alex Morse as of 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on September 2nd. Neal had 59% of the vote. To Morris's 41%. Neal, who was first elected in nineteen eighty-eight, is the chairman of the House and Ways and Means Committee. Yes, I'm glad he got his seat back. Thank goodness. Um also from the fourth from the fourth congressional district primary, as of 9:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on September 2nd, this primary was too close to call. Nine Democrats were on the ballot for the seat currently held by Joe Kennedy III. Um, Jake Axley, Ax, Oxley close. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Who led with 23% of the vote, followed by Jesse. Mermel Mermel with 22% of the vote and then Becky Grossman with 18% of the vote. So this was one race that was too, too close to call folks. If you're not following um, election results, I encourage everyone to check out ballotpedia and, uh, and because ballotpedia gives us a, a weekly rundown of all election results and all of our election information, um, for the 2020 presidential election as well. We're going to have, uh, there's a ton of Senate races going on, especially here in South Carolina, congressional races going on here in South Carolina and other states across the country as well. Um, we want to put emphasis on this because we're going to continue to bring you the numbers as we move toward November the 3rd, folks. So, uh, we may even go back to our Wednesday night broadcast uh and let let you know it in the middle of the week of, of things that are, that are occurring um it's very important that we we continue to share the numbers with you and educate you on the fact that people need to get out to vote so we can change change the dynamic in this nation forever we we cannot have a second term of Donald Trump it will be it will be unnerving knowing that Donald Trump will, will Become a two-term president of the United States, and then the way things are now in the nation, I can imagine what another four years of Trump, what this nation would look like. So think, think mm-hmm. about that. Think about that as you start as you start your holiday week. Um, I tell you what, it's been, it's been great um, being away for a minute and just sitting back and enjoy enjoying the weekend, Michael. um, um I appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing with us. The 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 redemption of the military, we needed that. Uh, it was important that we had some military redemption told to us. Also, we want to thank everyone who's been supporting the show. Um, those who have been listening across the world, we appreciate you so much for listening to this show and supporting the show. Um, uh, we are we are we are very happy about that. Also, folks, we're going to continue to share photos pictures of political things that are happening. we we, In the thread on Wednesday night, I share with the guys on Friday night, we share with the guys a photo of some farmers putting up a a Biden and Harris uh, banner on a grain silo in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, yeah. I was very happy to see that. And the guys had a chance to chime in on it just a little bit. Another backlash toward Trump, as Michael said. <laughs> this yep. Trump denies reports he belittled. Then that's that's when we was talking about what was going on with with the military there, and uh, there Can was I a lot of. More. Go ahead, Michael. Give one more, and then we're gonna we're gonna end the show yep. tonight. Give 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 one
1: more inspiration and adding to what you were saying, Mary, about the importance of voting, and I hope this inspires everybody. Um, to really go out there and seal the deal, that things are going in out pretty much in our favor. And we got to keep the momentum going into um, November 3rd. And we final, finalize it to stamp our votes and to make sure that Biden um, becomes the next president. Because our uh, meet the press. I think it was last week's meet the press with Chuck Todd he showed a poll, in which there is a growing number of support for Biden, but for different reasons, that there are those voting for Biden, that are voting for Biden. And that's maybe about 40%. But there's a whopping percentage of those voting for Biden to vote against Trump, just goes right to what you were saying, Murray, about if you don't vote you're going to give an edge to Republicans that is in office, especially someone which we're trying to get out of office. So I think a lot of people understand um, what you're pointing out, that whether you're supporting Biden or you find that he's definitely going to be better than um, Trump, may not be a big fan of his, but you trust him over any day over Trump. In fact, that you have 65 to 70% of the people saying they're voting for Biden just to um, vote against Trump and to make sure to get Trump out. That says a lot. And I think I also pointed or uh, put on the group pages um, a YouTube website, of the 2020 election outlook, and which four different polls showing um, the matchup between Biden and Trump. All four polls have Biden predicted to be the winner and not just by a small percentage of um, electoral votes or small number of electoral votes. One poll has at the worst case scenario of Joe Biden defeating Donald Trump with 319 electoral votes. That is considered a landslide. And again, this is one, one of the four polls that um, gives the worst case scenario based on the, um, the data they've received and the study system going on. And, and these people, who I think it's um, part of let's talk elections, they've been really on top of this. So I just gave you the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is from another poll. Um, within those four polls that have Biden winning at the rate for this Murray, 369 electoral votes, that there are a number of states flipping from red to blue, given what's been transpiring here. I gotta say that you know, given what has transpired and how Trump had just flushed or threw the military under the bus or flushed them down the toilet the way he did, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. If it wasn't uh, racism and uh, violence perpetrated by uh, people of his base, those who are in law enforcement or not in law enforcement, um. What he did to the military—it's like—is this guy a glutton for punishment or something? I mean, yes. I—I don't know about you. I've never seen this in my 53 years of living.
0: One thing I will say, and and I'm just gonna say this, and the 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 way stuff goes uh, in 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 the nation nowadays, it's kind of hard to tell um, what people are thinking until you hear it now. And sometimes, and I ask people all the time, you have to have sorted hearing these days, folks. We encourage you to have sorted hearing because everything you hear is not the truth, and especially when it's coming from the other side and their proponents. You have a lot of them who come after, who come after small groups like BLM um, and other groups who are out here trying to protest and get America to to live up to the to to that moniker everyone has. Everyone has an opportunity in this nation. But what seems to be the problem, Michael, is people are continuing to go after the Constitution as if it wasn't it wasn't written for all of us. It was written for a certain sector of people. I don't think those founding fathers would sit down and write a document. Those men followed God. Those men followed a dream. That dream is realized in this nation. And why and Dr. King quoted the, the Constitution in the I Have a Dream speech. And so that dream is for everyone to have the liberties and the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. We have to work even more harder into in order for us to ensure our freedoms and liberties as African-Americans in this nation right now. I am a, I am a full-on supporter of BLM. Um, yes, I'm saying it here on the show tonight. Yes, I'm supporting Black Lives Matter because it's important that we continue to support our efforts for the freedoms that we should enjoy that others are enjoying in this nation. Um, the injustices that are, that are thrown upon African-Americans across this nation is egregious to the people that have given their lives to this nation. You have many, 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 many African-Americans who are serving in, in our military. They don't get the recognition as their counterparts do. But they are, serving, they are serving this nation with all the honor and diligence that soldiers are asked to give when they take the oath. And so it's important that we understand that we continue to move our efforts forward. Yes, Joe Biden will be a key component to that by being the president of the United States. Joe said, I'm not just going to be a president for one group of people. I'm going to be a president for all Americans. And that is a plus when you hear Joe talk that way, it's inspirational when Joe talks that way. It makes people understand he's not going to be a single-minded person. He's going to be a president that listens. This is a man who talked with Jacob Blake. This is a man who have talked with people who've been in these egregious moments. Um, he spoke with, he spoke with um, George Floyd's daughter. Um, Joe's been around. So that's we, we need that right now in this country, the encouragement and then and then the ability to keep encouraging people to continue to be a part of the process. That's why we're here. That's why we continue the podcast, because we are trying to inspire you, entertain you and provoke you into action. And yes, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr. We want to thank Michael for being on the show tonight. Whatever you do, stay together, stay in love peace are you listening to the same old political talking points then check out the community call for a new perspective on politics left right center we bring it together with an open and honest political discussion